Welcome to the Wolverine Digest podcast, the best spot for objective, authentic coverage of Michigan athletics. If you want open dialogue, honest opinions, and in-depth coverage of the maize and blue, this is the podcast for you. And now, here's your host, Brandon Brown, joined as always by Chris Breiler. Does anyone ever say to you, sounds like someone has a case of the Mondays? I, man, I don't know, Chris. I... Oh, sorry, I buddy. Start by saying "Go Blue." <laughs> I wondered, are you going to leave our boy out? I'm not. I didn't mean to leave our boy out. I I don't think we can say that we've got a case of the Mondays this week. Uh, if this is what a case of the Mondays feels like, it feels pretty damn good. Give me a big old case of the case of the Mondays, then, if that's yeah. the case. It's a lot of the word "case" right there. Anyway, <laughs> Michigan coming off a huge win. You and I. Had a blasty blast this weekend with some of the homies, man, from growing we up, did. childhood, college. We tried We're to up. turn back the clock. We tried. We, we, we did. <laughs> we did try. I don't know. Uh, well, we're going to get into that. We'll, we'll touch on that a little bit. Um, actually, first, first, though, before we get into what we did this weekend in the Michigan football game that we're going to spend most of the show on, let's, let's talk a, a little bit of basketball, man. A little bit of basketball. We'll get that out of the way. Obviously, it wasn't a big game in terms of opponent. Michigan played Prairie View A&M, but it had some significance in, in uh, uh, it was the coaches against racism, and they were in Washington, D.C. I know a bunch of the players, I think both teams maybe spent some time together and did some touring and went to some museums and did some things like that. So a cool event, a cool venue. They got a chance to play a game, and Michigan did win handily. They won 77-49. to um, Eli Brooks led the way with 15 points. Caleb Houston, the super freshman, had 13. Hunter Dickinson had 11. Devontae Jones had 10. And Brandon Johns Jr. came up a little short with just two points, but the starters obviously kind of got their money's worth. Terrence Williams and Kobe Bufkin off the bench with eight apiece. So they they handled Prairie View AM. Um, we actually didn't hardly I saw like a minute of it. We were like yeah. walking through a hotel <laughs> in State College. One of our buddies had an emergency bathroom break. We stepped in there, saw some Michigan fans watching it on like an iPad or a phone or something. I checked the score and that was really about it. Um, but yeah, obviously Michigan basketball now two and zero. They play tomorrow night against Seton Hall at nine o'clock, late tip off. Um, looking for looking for a three and zero start. So. I don't know. Like I said, we I didn't go back and watch it. I'm full disclosure. I don't really know exactly what happened in that Prairie View AM game, but a big win, almost 30 point win. They're two and zero, looking for three and zero tomorrow. We'll get into Juwan in just a second, but just thoughts on the surface of, of seeing that that easy win for Michigan. Yeah, it's what you would expect. I mean, obviously they were playing against a lesser opponent, and you're right. We were, you know, we were busy roaming around the streets of uh, Happy Valley and didn't get a chance to see it. But when you look at the numbers, it you know, it's probably what you would expect from Michigan. They took care of business, and then obviously the big one was Seton Hall, and we'll see what that looks like. But yeah, haven't had the chance to. I'm still trying to get my bearings back. Like it, it takes me now days to recover. <laughs> from alcohol consumption so i'm working on like day three of recovery yeah so we'll get we'll get into that i wanted to touch just briefly on juan howard today he had a zoom you know a zoom uh press conference this morning at 11 o'clock and he was a little testy that we haven't i don't know why i i don't i don't know what spurred it on i don't think anybody asked anything out of do you, do you think it was the lack of attention given to the, Maybe, I the mean, game, I mean, with Penn State going, it seemed like everybody was trying to play catch up to what they did because they were yeah. so busy watching football, you know? I mean, maybe that's what it was. You know, uh, Tom Wyrot, who's the man, he's the SID for basketball. We deal with him a lot, 
super cool dude. He led off the press conference by saying, you know, coach, if you want to talk a little bit about the game, let everybody know what happened. And Juwan immediately kind of went into like nah. defense mode and was like, they're inquisitive people. They could or in, investigative. They're investigative people. They could figure it out. But it was a good time and blah, blah, blah. And then he answered a couple questions pretty well. And then down the stretch, it was like Bill Belichick or something. Like he, he wouldn't, was done, man. he wouldn't touch on stuff. He wouldn't address this. He wouldn't address that. I don't and know. We, that, had, we had people asking, like, what? Like, I think you would put in your lead in that it seemed like he was in a funk, and yeah. it wasn't like he he wasn't like this wasn't a rude exchange or anything like that. It just Dewan Howard when he's in front of the media, he's usually smiling, he's glowing. Yeah. It's you know, it's energetic. He just it, it might have been just an off day, but because he's such a positive person, his demeanor was noticeable. I mean, for Jim Harbaugh, that that type of interaction is probably <laughs> just par for the course. That's not a bad yeah. thing. It's just how he interacts. It just felt out of character. Juwan yeah. is, like you just said, he's usually kind of joking around. He he makes, you know, you know, kind of off the cuff remarks that are usually kind of funny and positive. And he's, I don't know. It was just something was off today. When I watched it, I was like, dang, like Juwan's yeah. was bugging him. And maybe it was that maybe it was the second fiddle feeling to football, but I mean, Come on, man. A road yeah. game for Michigan to football against Penn State versus like an out of town <laughs> game against Prairie View AM. Like, I, I yeah. mean, I, I get it from his standpoint, but I don't I'm know. I'm not it, saying that's what it, it just, I, no, that's I the only thing that makes sense. Like, like if, yeah, yeah. That is what it felt like. And that's, you're not the first person that I, I saw, you know, come up with that idea, or maybe that's why he was a little miffed. But at the end of the day, Michigan basketball 2 0, easy win over Prairie View AM in a pretty decent contest tomorrow against Seton Hall. An experienced team. Obviously, they play better competition. They're going to be a little bit more talented. They've got some more size than these first two teams that they played against. So we'll see how that goes. Looking forward to watching that. Um, so, so this weekend was wild, right? We're going to do the football thing. We're going to do a little bit of the other side of stuff. I know I let a lot of people down on Friday night that we didn't go yeah. live. Everybody was waiting to see like cool hit party Brandon, and it didn't happen. <laughs> we were. We drove all day. We get to our spot. We're trying to get settled in. We're trying to buy stuff for the tailgate. We're trying to figure out sleeping arrangements. We're going downstairs. So our Airbnb was above a bar. So we're like, all right, Chris, do we want to do a live stream from the room? Do we want to go down to the bar and have a little ambiance, a little cool background? Then we're like, oh, we got to go get food. We got to buy stuff for tomorrow. We got to do this. We got to do that. And at the end of the day, we just kind of said, ah, it's just not going to work out, man. It's just not going to work out timing wise. So if apologies everybody you didn't get to see me and chris in our our best form uh but it was a really good time getting set up and and doing what we did there we'll 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 handle the football side of things first a little bit because of the weird schedule and the traveling on friday and doing all that we didn't i didn't put out my specific predictions article that i typically do but we did make score predictions and then i went through and kind of jotted down four or five or six things that stood out to me from the game that we will discuss instead. So first things first, Michigan beats Penn State 21-17. It was back and forth. It was a good game. There were some really loud moments in that stadium, some really quiet moments. Our buddy Zach, who is a diehard Penn State fan, was roller coaster the whole time. <laughs> like we, we, we all were. We all were. Everybody, yeah. Exactly. And at the end of the day, Michigan wins by four. Chris, you said 23-17. So you nailed Penn State score. I said 24-20. I got the, the 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 difference correct. I feel like a lot of people kind of saw it going this way. 
Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't surprised by the final result. I actually wasn't surprised by how the game played out at all up until the very end. I I, I saw it playing out in a similar fashion to what played out in East Lansing, where Michigan might seem like they're in control early, Penn State rallies late, and then the wheels come off. And you know, you're right. Like, first of all, Beaver Stadium, the, sitting in the press box there, that's one of the best views. We we talked about this a little bit. We've you know, we've been around to some different stadiums. That it, it was I don't know that there's a bad view. Um, from inside the press box. Now I will say the press box is a death trap of, you know, <laughs> different, different levels and tripping hazards. So could use some updates there, but it's a beautiful view. Um, but yeah, I, I thought this was going to be a close game, but if, if Penn state rallied late, you know what Beaver stadium turns into and you heard it. It's that the top is always ready to blow off. As soon as they, as soon as Penn state does anything remotely good, that stadium is rocking and Michigan was able to weather the storm. They were able to get the W and it was a, you know, it was a good old fashioned big 10 fist fight, but Michigan came out on top and that was where it was like, Holy shit. It's nice to be on this side of it. Yeah. I mean, it was, I've said this to several people now. Obviously, I I didn't want to hear the crowd get going. I didn't want Penn State to have momentum. But when they took the lead late in the game and the white pom-poms were going and they were doing the we are, I mean, it was like, it was goosebumps, man. Yeah. The energy and the environment in there. And I we talked about this too. Can you imagine 110 to 112,000 at night, a pure whiteout with all of those pom-poms I mean, it was cool enough as it was to see it in that stadium, the backdrop with the little, you know, kind of the gentle mountains back. It was beautiful, yeah, man. man. It was an awesome venue. I'm super glad we went, super glad we got to check it out. It was a little chilly for our buddies in the stands. <laughs> yeah. Had to, <laughs> had to shoot him a text at one point like, whew, getting a little warm up here. Let me take my It was toasty up there. It was real toasty. <laughs> While they're down there like dying in the cold like a bunch of sardines, but – What's worse, um, being too hot for a game or too cold? Too cold for sure, right? Yeah. yeah, probably too cold. But um, yeah. Oh, oh, here's one of the here's one of the homies right now. Nick Maximchuk was in tow. <laughs> Real comfy seating. He also uh, made a comment about we were using the word hotel liberally earlier when I talked about the place we stayed. I was talking about the hotel in State College where we stopped for our other buddy to make a uh, an emergency bathroom break. Anyway, um. Yeah, the game itself though was uh was was a lot of fun, a lot of back and forth and obviously some highs and some lows for both fan bases and then at the end of the day Michigan gets a really big win. Uh we'll talk about the magnitude of that a little later on, but a couple things that stuck out to me, Chris, and I'll I'll let you kind of uh give your opinion on some of these things that I pulled out. Um oh, also want to let everybody know right now, keep it locked. At about 7:30 we have a very special guest coming through. I don't want to say who it is yet. Just got confirmation, got the email address. I'm going to send that invitation out here as Chris starts speaking when I point out this first uh, this first uh, little talking point that I saw. We're going to start with Hassan Haskins. Uh, the dude was a beast. No Blake Corum. Donovan Edwards was, was available. He only played five snaps. And he only had two carries. Hassan Haskins carried the ball 31 times for 156 yards. He didn't score but he was so efficient and so effective and such a grinder and got so many extra yards after contact. In fact, this is the part I wanted to talk about because I don't know if you heard this or saw this. I didn't know it until today when Jim Harbaugh talked about it at the press conference and former colleague Zach Shaw tweeted something out about it from Pro Football Focus. Hassan Haskins has 70 first down runs on the season. That is more than anyone in college football. Um, yeah. He played 70 of 72 offensive snaps as a running back. It like 
Like that doesn't happen in, in today's world of college football. That is unbelievable and a testament to how he was playing on Saturday. I just, I guess first things first, uh, the 70 first down runs more than anybody in college football this year. And then the fact that he literally didn't come off the field all day, just both of those things, pretty incredible. He, he almost looks like a robot or like a machine. He just, the, the way, like I, I went to lunch with my mom, for instance, this afternoon, she was talking about, he just, he, you know, the game on Saturday, how he was dragging four and five would be tacklers. And, you know, watching him week after week, that's just something he does. He's either jumping over people or he's dragging half of the defensive line for an extra five to 10 yards. The guy's just an absolute workhorse. And I think having the compliment of Blake Corum there for the, the bulk of the season, obviously, before he went down with injury, you know, it helped him stay healthy. He didn't have to, you know, take a bulk of the carry. So he's able to save his body for this time in the season where they really need to be able to ride him. They certainly did that on Saturday. And man, if they can get this type of performance from Hassan Haskins over the next two weeks, coupled with the defense and where Aiden Hutchinson is playing and, and how well Cade McNamara is playing, this team is gelling at the right time. And Hassan Haskins is a big reason for it. I went back and watched highlights. It's not just the way he runs the ball. Watch the way he blocks. Watch how physical he is when he's out on the field. He's not just doing the big things. He's doing all the little things. And I think if, if, you know, David Ojabo's draft stock has obviously, you know, risen quite a bit here during the season, but there's got to be scouts looking at Hassan Haskins and watching him drag defenders all over the field saying, man, that, that guy would look good in our colors. So shout out to him, man. He's been under the radar. I think Blake Corum got, you know, a lot of the attention early on as, as he should have, he was electric, but Hassan is really settling in. And if, if Michigan's going to get to Indy, he's going to be the guy that's going to carry him there offensively. No doubt, no doubt. And to, to your point about doing the little things, yes, playing special teams. He's on like punt return and punt block and things like that. He just does it all. Jim Harbaugh loves him. You can tell it when he talks about him. And he mentioned today, you know, that he's he actually said without knowing, he's like, I don't know if they keep track of this stat, but he's probably picked up more first downs than anybody. And he has yeah. done yeah. it 70 times. Unbelievable. Always falling forward, always getting extra yardage after contact. He he was he was incredible on, on Saturday. And again, man. 70 offensive snaps at running back is, is just unheard of nowadays. Is it safe to say that? And, and look, I, all the credit goes to Hassan Haskins, but I feel like some of the credit also, like, I feel like the mental makeup, particularly of the running back room is different. They run angry. They run yeah. violent. It just, it looks like that is a more energized group this year. And so I think you can really see that the, the, the impact of Mike Hart is pretty big. Very important question here before we move on to my next talking point. Chris, were you wearing high maize and blue socks? If not, you have a twin at the game. Chris. I was not. I was not wearing high maize and blue socks. I think I was all in black this time. So yeah. Yeah. Wasn't me, but I, I you know, hey, there's a lot of really, really good looking bald men with beards <laughs> out there. So I'm not surprised, you know, if you saw somebody who looked like there's a lot of us out there. It's an exclusive club, but you know. We're, we're always welcoming new members. That's right. There you go. All right. This was the next thing that stuck out to me as I was looking through the numbers and some of the stat counts and the, the things that guys did. DJ Turner, Daxton Hill, Vincent Gray, Josh Ross, and Brad Hawkins never came off the field on defense. All five of those guys played every single defensive snap. And actually, on both sides of the ball this week, the rotations were much, much tighter. Only 19 guys played on both sides of the ball which uh, <laughs> dude, the whole the whole gang is in here now after this weekend. There's another. I have never, I have never 
been attacked so much for my attire. Well, it was six guys in an SUV and I wore sweatpants shorts. These guys are stepping out in like Abercrombie and American Eagle. And I'm like, I thought, I thought we were on a road trip, you know, just a bunch of guys crammed in a car. Chris sat in the back seat with our long lost friend, Zach, who we haven't seen in a long time. We all know why Chris wore the soft shorts. All right. Let's, let's put that out there. No, I you mean, know, dude, cozy was the name of the game. Everything sure. I packed for our trip to happy Valley was sweatpants material, whether it was the tops, the bottoms, cozy was the name of the game. And Nick real quick on behalf of Chris and I both, we would like to apologize to your wife for this odor of the vehicle that she got uh, when she got it back. I mean, Chris, you rattled off several of the things that that led to the odor. Um, Lots. Man feet, jerky, you know, six bodies in there, bubblegum, Mountain Dew, heat, uh, shoes, you know, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, Dutch country. baby. (laughs) You know, hey, shout out. Hey, shout out to that place that uh, that place we stayed in that bar. That was a cool little setup. If you go, you know, maybe we'll try to plug that place a little bit because if you if anybody out there is going to take a trip out to happy valley and you don't want to break the bank you know staying right downtown or right near the stadium it's a cool little place it's right above a bar you can drink as much as you want and then go up and pass out it's it's a nice little setup so we'll get you the info i wouldn't recommend taking your wife there for your anniversary necessarily but if you got five (laughs) dudes and you need a place a place to sleep four spare bedrooms and one guy brought an air mattress we were good to go our tiny little friend, Nick Maximchuk, slept on the couch. He was comfortable. Uh, it was great, man. It was a great time out there, and and we had a lot of fun. It was, I don't know, what was it, maybe 30 minutes driving into State College right around there? Yeah, it wasn't bad at all. I mean, we were one of the first people to the tailgate, so. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, we left really early, um, so. <laughs> Dude, I love, I love the crowd that's here today. What's going on here? What's going Everybody's airing my dirty laundry. Yes, I wear oh, sweatpants oh, every day. Oh, Mrs. Bryler. That's his normal everyday attire. If you think but... you see me in public and I'm not wearing sweatpants, it's not me. He's probably going to a funeral. We'll just we'll say that. <laughs> well, that's where the black sweatpants come out. All right. This one was surprising to me, and we saw this right from the beginning. And I, I actually heard, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Chad Shepard, who is one of the uh, sports information people from Michigan, say it was a coach's decision. But RJ Moten only played one snap. Rod Moore, true freshman, got the start back there at safety and yeah. played a lot of football, made some good plays, made some nice tackles. Um, I mean, anytime a safety plays maybe for the first time and you don't hear his name, like that's a good thing. And I don't think we heard Rod Moore's name all day, which means he didn't get burnt, he didn't get beat, he didn't make any mistakes. But RJ Moten, a guy who's played pretty well this year in a really big game on the road, one snap. I, I mean, I'm not uh, – I haven't heard one thing, but if it's a coach's decision and he doesn't play, kind of sounds like doghouse. I don't know. I, that, that's how I that's how I took that when I saw that. I'm not trying to get a rumor started, but that's kind of crazy that in that big of a game, you take your every game starter and put him on the bench and, and play a true freshman in, in Rod Moore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you know, you can only draw a couple conclusions out of that. Um, you know, obviously Rod Moore hadn't played much during the season and RJ Moten was a staple in that defense. And so, yeah, I'm not going to read too much into it. I think people who see it for what it is can, can draw their own conclusion and let it be that RJ Moten played, uh, I'm sorry, Rod Moore played a good game back there, made a couple key plays. Yeah. Um, you know, looked good, looked good as a true freshman back there at safety. I think he graded out pretty well, if I'm not mistaken too. I'll have to go back and look at that. Um, last but not least, I just... Jim Harbaugh touched on it today. He gave a ton of props to Sean Clifford for getting beat up in that game. He got sacked a bunch. He got hit a bunch. 
And I just wanted to put it in comparison and shed some light on this. I'm, I'm sure they probably talked about this on the broadcast and it may have been brought up, but Sean Clifford got sacked seven times in that game. Cade McNamara has been sacked five times all season. That's yeah. crazy. That's crazy. And it's, it's guys like Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo who had five sacks between the two of them just lighting Clifford up all day. And he's a tough cookie, man. He bounced back and played the whole game and made some plays. But, yeah, he's uh, he's got a couple ice baths ahead of him this week, I'm sure. Yeah, and, and you got to think that that plays into, you know, if you're a quarterback and you're – you've still got Michigan on the schedule and you reside over there in college park, Maryland, or you're down in Columbus. You've got to be thinking about David Ojabo and Aiden Hutchinson. Those, those guys are just, they're always in the backfield. They're always, you know, causing disruptions. Uh, yes. We heard about Jim Harbaugh's pants catching on fire. I think I shared, I think I shared it <laughs> yeah. on the page, but uh, yeah, I, you know, really, really good player. Yeah, it was uh Man, it was an onslaught. I mean, uh, I think we, we, you know, we everybody watching. I mentioned it. Hutchinson and Ojabo got in the sack column in less than a minute into the game. They both had sack. Yeah, less than a minute. I think. I think once that happened on that series, on that defensive series, I'm like, all right, Michigan's got it. I well, you know what? I actually had a a different thought. I was I was very encouraged by how much pressure they were able to get. And then there was another. There was a. Was it an intentional grounding? I think they, yeah. So Hutton, Hutchinson actually got credited for another sack, and he they lost the snap, they lost the down, lost the yardage. They still went down and got points after all that. They still yeah. went down and got points, and I was like, man, dude, like if they're going to be able to overcome all that stuff on the first drive and put points on the board, it was just a field goal. But well, that was a the big other. Game. Speaking of Sean Clifford, I mean, what was working in the first half was the quarterback run. And well, what scared me the most was him, you know, running up the middle or kind of getting outside the pocket. It seemed like it was working early. I'm wondering if the hits from Ojabo and Hutchinson yeah. took its toll and because you didn't see him running much after the first quarter and that seemed to be working. So I'm, you know, there might've been something there, probably a lingering injury from something before. Do you think, do you think we can squeeze TFG in before we have our guest? We get, it's about seven twenty five. We can do that. Maybe five to seven minutes. We can try to get through this, and we'll do TFG, and we'll see what uh, we'll see what comes up. You got yours ready yeah. to roll? Uh, yeah, I got I got mine ready to roll. I, I actually have three. Wow, I can tone. Okay. I, I can tone it down as we're waiting on uh, on this our guest. Guy. You want to go first? Or you want me to get us going while you think a little bit? I'll let you get us going, dude. This guy. I'm going James Franklin. I, I still no. I still cannot. I still cannot comprehend that fake field goal call early in the game. That really would have, I, 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 I swear to this day at this moment, that changed the entire game. That changed the entire game. Sean yeah. Clifford, I, I think you come out, it was fourth and I think what goal from the two or something like that. Sean Clifford was, he was running all over the place on those first couple of drives. I think you go five wide right there. You give it to Clifford. You say, go try to get in the end zone, try to get in. If you don't, yeah, that sucks, but then Michigan's got the ball on the inch line, and then you see what they can do and try to figure it out. Instead, they throw it behind the line of scrimmage to the kicker. I mean, he obviously didn't even get close, and he ended up fumbling. It was just – it was it was one of the worst calls I've ever seen in a game. In that moment, in that game when it was working, and they needed to try to make a play right there. Like, that was a gift. That was a gift from James Franklin and Penn State. That was an awful call. I, I asked you as soon as it was over. I'm like, can you imagine if Jim Harbaugh? <laughs> can you freaking imagine what would be going on if Jim Harbaugh did that? Terrible, terrible decision, terrible call. 
he's he seems like he's already got a foot out the door. I don't know. James Franklin guy. There you go. All right, Brandon. I hate to do this to you, man, but oh boy. My, my TFG of the week. It's it's my homie, my guy. I love you. Guy. But it's what Brandon Brown. Brandon Brown is my TFG. And now now here now here's I might, what no, I might know why. There's there's two reasons. There's oh two reasons. Okay. He's coming, he's Actually, you know what? Like no, 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 no. Here's th I'm gonna give three reasons. Three reasons why you're TFG of the week. Are you ready for wow. this? I'm, number one, yeah. number one, Brandon Brown packs a football for us to play with while we're at the tailgate. We leave I got a rebuttal. The I already we have leave. A well, you hold on one second. We leave for the tailgate. Guess what Brandon Brown doesn't bring? Doesn't yeah. bring the football. So, so we had so to go take it from a little kid. No big deal. We were able to get by that. Brandon Brown then goes and is searching through his bag, looking for some things, oh, looking for his credential. I got to go. And then all of a sudden discovers that he's got a parking pass inside that envelope after the guys had already paid, what was it, a couple hundred dollars for the parking pass? Brandon like, Brown had a he had a freebie one. He had a like freebie 50, one. It was like 50 bucks a person. It was like 50 bucks a person. <laughs> and then third, third and finally, and probably most egregious, we get oh. back to our spot at the end of the night after the game. We're back at the bar. We're back at our place. And Brandon is ready to call it a night. Brandon's got to turn it in. So he, oh, wait, hold on. Oh, 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 so Brandon's putting on his PJs. I'm like, Brandon, I'm ready to go down. I'm ready to turn one on. He's putting on his PJs. But then he stops in my room like every two or three minutes. And he's like, hey, Chris, you hear they're playing the new Drake album down there? I'm like, yes, let's go. Nah, nah, my body can't do it. Five minutes later, uh, here comes Brandon. Hey, do you hear they're playing Fetty Wap down there? I'm like, what are you doing? Are we going or are we not going? Yeah. So we, we ultimately... We played it safe. It was going to be what a six hour drive on the way back. We were going to run into yeah. some weather. We didn't yeah. want to have, you know, pounding heads on the way back. Ultimately a good decision. We were more responsible than I'd hoped, but for those reasons and those reasons alone, Brandon, you are my TFG of the week. Guy. I, I can't, I can't fight them that hard. Okay. First one, first one. And Hennigy's coming to my defense <laughs> right here. The football that I brought. Oh, our building, our our building wasn't a marvel of modern engineering. Okay, so the floors were awfully, awfully some of this here. They got the football out and laid it down on the floor to test how uneven the floors were. The football ended up wedged behind the air mattress that okay. I had nothing to do with, and that's why we couldn't find it in the morning. All I right, we'll take we'll take my, you off the hook for the football. I had it on my nightstand next to my foot next to my phone. There's no way I was forgetting it. That one's not my fault. Second point. I didn't ask for a parking pass. Those are supposed to cost money. I have no idea why it was folded up inside pieces of paper inside the little envelope that had my credential in it. We get to the game and I take everything out to put and I'm like, there's a parking pass right here. Why? And also, 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 <laughs> we purchased our tailgating spot before we had that envelope in hand. That is true. Okay, true. Good point. Good point, point number two, squashed. Fine. Point you got nothing three. for three. You got I nothing got for three. I got nothing. I really wanted to go down and party. I heard Fetty Wap. I heard Drake. I saw Chris snuggling in his bed, and I thought maybe we could go, no. we could go <laughs> no, down. No. I, was, I was all in. I was you all did, ready. You did hit the ginseng one more time. Yeah. You hit yeah. the Jovan ginseng. You were ready I hit to it. go. I hit it. I gave Rodney's myself a couple spots. passed out on the air mattress with his boots on. I think Nick was already in bed with the door locked and shut. 
Oh my God. Yes. Eating chips. It was a really sad scene. It was what it was, was just a bunch of of like a bunch of dads just trying to like recapture their youth. And I think to a certain extent we did, but you know, there's a reason why they say father time is undefeated and (laughs) the body, the body wants what the body wants and the body wanted some sleep. So, all right. So I, I rebuked two of those things. Yeah, but the third one was bad. Yeah, I'm sorry, D Brown, making the Brown family look bad here. I apologize. Um, but it, dude, all in all, it was a great time. Um, I, I guess I'll go into another TFG as we're kind of waiting for our guests to show up here because I don't want to get into one of these long segments and then have to pause. You sent the link, right? It's I out did. There. Okay. I did. We're waiting on that. Um, my other TFG. So after the game yesterday, we go downtown. We go to a, a lovely establishment called the first, one of the most crowded bars I've been to in over a decade, probably shoulder to shoulder, can't even move, can't even walk. At one point, uh, I'm standing at the bar, probably three waves back, probably three waves back from getting to the bar and actually placing my order. And I'm just kind of standing there. It's loud. It's hot. It's crowded. And I feel somebody kind of, you know, a little, little closer than I thought they should be. And I can kind of hear something. And, dude, I look over, and there's a guy damn near using my shoulder as a plate for a whole meal of, like, a <laughs> Reuben sandwich and French fries and ranch and Thousand Island. He's, like, he's on me. This dude is on me. This fucking guy. Eating a Reuben. Like, I heard how it tasted. That's how close he was to me. Well, I'm just trying to get a, I'm just trying to get a drink, dude. He's, yeah. right, he's right there on my shoulder eating a Reuben way closer to me than anybody should ever be eating anything and it was like i'm not it wasn't like chips or you know a sucker it was a freaking reuben dude have you ever had a reuben are you i know you're i, I haven't i heard they're messy don't you dip a reuben don't you, dude, you dip, dip it in like it a thousand island it's melted swiss yeah. it's our crow it's corned beef i ain't never dipped one on somebody's shoulder i can tell you not that. An, it's not an it's not an ear shoulder meal i'll i'll put it yeah. that way and the yeah, last that, that, that scene, that scene was a nightmare. That was an absolute nightmare. And the last one, man, I don't, I don't really know if I want to get into this because it's pretty gross. If you've got a problem with toilet humor and, and fart jokes and things oh, like God. that, feel free to turn it off now and come back in about five or 10 minutes when our guest is here. We get to the bar. I've got to go to the bathroom. Like a lot of people do. After As a, usual. Per, a day per the usual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go in there, check the stall. It looked like something out of the Discovery Channel. The toilet had piles of things, toilet paper, bodily fluids, out the top pile onto the floor. Just the, I've been, dude. I've I have frequented a lot of nasty bar bathrooms. By far the worst one I've ever seen. It was on a level that I have never seen before. So needless to say, I didn't use it. Not touching that. Not going there. Not doing that. Whatever. Like an hour later, I go back into the bathroom to go number one. And there's a person in the stall using the bathroom, using the toilet. Couldn't believe it. I couldn't not I could not believe my eyes. <laughs> I stay there, I go, I'm washing my hands. Guy comes out. I'm pretty I'm pretty tuned up at this point. So I start talking to him over the stall, actually, before he comes. I don't care, whatever. Before he comes out. He comes out. I'm like, dude, how are you doing that? How how is this happening? How are you using the bathroom right now? This is insanity. He comes out. <laughs> he says, I just kind of stood over it and pushed really hard. That's what he said. 
what he said. We, we are really going into great detail here. Then he put, I think he, I God, I hope he washed his hands first. He puts his hand on my shoulder and he says, how could he have washed his hands first? Didn't he just step out? He puts his hand on my shoulder and he says, don't look at me. And he turns his head away. And then before we get ready to walk out, he comes up to me and he says, I'm just a man and turns and walks out of the bathroom. <laughs> and then like 20 or 30 minutes later, I saw same dude macking on some young lady. And I was just like that poor girl has no has idea what she's getting herself into tonight. That this guy is my TFG <laughs> of the day. And without further ado, and I hope the audio works. I hope our internet connection is strong. He was wrapping some stuff up. I think a meeting or maybe it was practice. I don't know. We'll find out. Who here. knows? Super, super pumped to be joined by none other than the BMOC, the big man on campus. Everybody's favorite tight end. Mr. Eric all is in the house with Wolverine Digest. Eric, how are you doing, my man? Doing good. Doing good. How are you guys? We good, are good. It's good, nice and clear. Nice good. and clear, too. Yeah, I think the connection's going to be good. Eric, I know you said you were taking care of something, couldn't make it at 7, but we really appreciate you coming in at 7.30, and I know there's a lot of people who are really, really big fans of you after this weekend, my man. So how's, <laughs> how is everything going now on a Monday after after that that day, that play, that game that you had on Saturday? Uh, I mean, everything's, everything's going great. Normal Monday. We just uh, <laughs> finished walkthrough. Uh, I just started – I just started doing like a, like a, a intense um, rehab for my ankle and stuff. So this is getting better in, in the treatment in the uh, training room a lot. About it. Well, I was gonna add that was that was the question I had a little ways down my list, but since you brought it up, I'll go right there. It sounds like I saw some of the quotes that came out. The Penn State guys knew you were dealing with the ankle. I know you were suited up against Indiana, but you didn't play. How is the ankle? Like you know, how are you feeling physically and and you know, did anything, did anything, you know, bother you on Saturday? Obviously it looked like you felt pretty good on the, on the, on the big play at the end there. Um, the ankle is getting better. It's probably at like, like 80% now. I mean, throughout the game, I'm sure it was, it was, it would be hurting like pretty bad in practice, but like the adrenaline, like I said, took <laughs> over and, um, but it's getting better. I mean, in the game, in the game, it, it was hurting like, when I was like driving, like blocking, like trying to cut up field to like get leverage and stuff on different blocks, but um, so it felt pretty much, it felt fine pretty much. I mean, a couple of tweaks here and there, but it, pain will go away like after like five minutes after tweaking it. So, like you yeah. said, that adrenaline was probably going pretty hard. <laughs> I would say, um, yeah. <clears throat> and you've really been coming on lately. You had ten catches against Michigan State, career high. Obviously, the huge play against Penn State did this. Uh, the, the Indiana game, where you were dressed and suited, and probably could have went if you had to. But what, what have you felt about your involvement in the offense lately, and just kind of how you've been used? Obviously, when you were out, Luke Schoonmaker goes and gets two touchdowns. I mean, like, there's a lot going for that tight end group right now. So how's how's everything going? with your involvement in the offense as we come down the stretch here? Uh, it's going great. I mean, I mean, it always felt like, I mean, like we weren't like getting, like where we weren't being like utilized as much as far as like in the passing game. Uh, we were, we, we've been, we haven't really like in the tight end room been focused on that like too much. Like we just like, just focusing on like trying to get our blocks and like, 
opening up the run game and being at the point of attack and really we just haven't focused on like the past game too much but coach started um trusting us and believing in us in the tight end room and allowing us to get into open space and to get balls so i guess like he's uh he he, he found something in, in the tight end room i guess that's what it seems like i'm, I'm happy yeah, great, so. absolutely. We, we're all happy. We're all happy. <laughs> yeah, a, lot of, a lot of people are happy about that. Eric, I've always been really interested about this with you, man. I actually used to be at Rivals, so I've been at a Rivals camp where you were at, and you were basically a big re- wide receiver then. You weren't really viewed as yeah, a type. Yeah. Came to Michigan, not undersized, but, I mean, you're not a 260-pounder when you get to Michigan as a freshman. Yeah. Uh, but but people like Sharon Moore, when he was coaching the tight ends, and now you hear it from Coach Harbaugh himself, have talked about how you, I mean, you just like, you love to block. And like, yeah. that's weird because you used to be basically a wide receiver. I just wonder, and you're not, you're still not the biggest tight end on the roster, but where does that, where does that ability and that want to block come from? Because normally tight ends, they want to be wide receivers. They want to be out there catching passes and scoring touchdowns, but it seems like it's almost backwards for you. Uh, just, I guess it just, comes from like just always being the uh, uh, like blocker like for like previous teams like in high school and like middle school like I was always just like a blocker and like I also like coming up like because my dad was my coach and for peewee football and stuff and really just like we always like just love to hit hit a lot and like we just like thrive for that especially during peewee and middle school but um that just kind of just kept with me. I mean, it's always just been a thing like that I enjoy doing. And um, just when I came into the uh, season or when I came into Michigan out of high school, like obviously like I heard that a lot, like from like the media, like undersized tight end, won't be able to block and that stuff. Just like this hyped me and me up to like go out and block more. So. The media, just made, they're made awful. It, gave me a better excuse to uh, go out there and hit some people. Those awesome. terrible media people, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, no, I, I, so, funny. so I, I got a question. I just want to go straight to it. Take me through the play. Take me through the play on Saturday. You catch the ball coming across the field. I'm watching you from the press box. I'm like. I don't think he's running fast enough to get there. And then lo and behold, you're like pulling away from defensive backs. And I get your, your stride was just longer than I thought. Did, did you know you were that fast? Did you think you were going to make it to the end zone? What was going through your mind on that play? When I caught the ball out first, I was thinking about just catching the ball. Cause it was like, just like, um, just like a bang, bang play. I was just like, I seen the whole, or I seen the, uh, the window that I was going to catch it in. And kid had like slightly like thrown it before I got there, so I was like, "Oh snap! I gotta get there and catch it." <laughs> and, um, <laughs> that was the first thing. And then when I was uh, when I rounded to to go to the um, or to like cut up the field, I like tweaked my ankle a little bit. I was like, "Oh snaps!" <laughs> and I got I was like, I was basically thinking like, "Man, I gotta I gotta get going. I'm like, they're gonna catch me." And um, I really just had like a tunnel vision, like to the pylon. I was just gonna die. I was gonna. Try, I was thinking I was gonna have to die to, and touch the pylon. Yeah. But um, some like I, I forget who it was, but like I forget what number they were. But like they t- they hit my ankles, mm-hmm. and I was and I was mainly thinking about like keeping my ankle away from like this guy so he doesn't touch it. Yeah. And then, 
and then I like reached the ball out and like touched the pylon. But like, and, I didn't think honestly thought I wasn't gonna get there. <laughs> it, was, it was a long way. It was a long way. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. so you get to the end zone, and Brandon just said this before we we hopped on. I'm I, I'm blown I, away. I am blown. And somebody said this in the comments too. Your first career touchdown at the yeah. University of Michigan. I, I'm shocked by that. I mean, is was was that a? I, I know it was a big moment for you, but was that kind of surreal that the first touchdown came at that moment in that game when you guys needed it to win the game? I mean, that's a special thing. Yeah, it was like honestly, like, it felt it felt great like at the time, but I feel like it really hasn't hit yet. I was just talking to Jake Butt like right before I got on here, like it like it really hasn't like like hit me yet like that like but. We was talking and he was just like, maybe it won't hit. Maybe you, you just got that 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 tunnel vision for the Ohio State game. Maybe you, that's really what you want. And maybe I think he might be right. I mean, I don't know. I just, I felt like I feel like anybody anybody could have made that play. I feel well, like I, I made it closer. I can <laughs> well, tell you, I I couldn't have made that play. Brandon <laughs> couldn't have made that play. So I'm talking about like I mean, like on the team, like any guy on the team could have made. It. Oh, actual yeah. athletes, yeah. yeah. You know, I was, I was I was actually I was actually going to ask Jim Harbaugh about this today at the press conference because he had uh, one of the strongest statements about you earlier in your career. I don't know. I'm sure yeah. you've heard it at this point. It might have been your freshman year. Maybe it was last year. I can't remember. But he said that Eric All is good enough to be the best tight end to ever play at Michigan. He actually uh, said yeah. that. I mean, that's that's high praise. You just mentioned a guy, Jake Butt, who's pretty darn good. Yeah. I, I found myself thinking about when you caught that ball, you turn upfield and you go 47. And for everybody out there who didn't remember, it was number four for Penn State, Kalen King. That's a Michigan kid, by the way. He's from Cass Tech. He decided to go to Penn State. That Eric okay. outran to the end zone. So there you go. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I was going to ask. First point, how close is Eric to reaching his full potential? And second point, how many tight ends in America could have done that? Could have caught the ball, turned it up, gone, gone 50 yards, and outran a DB to the end zone. So we'll start with the first part for you, Eric. How how close do you feel like you are to your ceiling at Michigan? Like, what do you have to get better at? What are you still trying to do better as a tight end at this point in your career? Um, really just uh, sustaining my blocks. I did honestly did pretty terrible that the the whole game the, the, the touchdown really saved me to be honest. <laughs> but um, the first game back after the energy uh, after injury, I feel like I just need to like sustain my blocks more and like get definitely get stronger. I'm gonna have to get real, I'm gonna have to get stronger over the off season if I want to like dominate in a blocking game. Um, really, like after I catch the ball, like, I notice like. Like instead of like just catching the ball and going up field like how Andrew did in that um, the versus Michigan State, I caught that ball and just turned up field immediately. Like I catch the ball and like scan the field first before I like cut up or do what I'm doing. So I need to focus on catching the ball and then keeping that same momentum and getting up field. Um, like I did it, I did it, I did it on the play that I scored, and then I did it in the red zone. Uh, when I caught like that little wheel route in the red zone for um, on the left side, um, like I feel like I just need to be confident and like not worry about like making the first man miss as much as I am. I feel like it's keeping me from getting more yards. But that's like really after watching film. That's like the 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 more things I need to focus on rather than like 
trying to deliver like big blows and like trying to like like devastate a blocker like I, it's not high school anymore yeah. and I, I just got to get out of that mentality I just need to beat people with technique and stuff I'm always trying to out muscle people that's I, I wonder um you had I, you know the the coaching exchange the coaching staff changes where you went from Sharon Moore to now Jay Harbaugh's back at the tight end spot. Are you talking about those things? I mean, is that is that your own self-reflection? Are you recognizing in yourself like I need to do this? Have the coaches talked to you about that? Like where where does that uh I mean that's a pretty that's a pretty aware self-assessment, I feel like, to, yeah. to pick out some details like that. Like, did you just find that or are they helping you through um, some of that? Coach coach always points out like sustaining blocks and but like um, when it comes to like the other stuff, like that's just off of like me watching myself. Mm-hmm. But like he points, he definitely coaches me on like a lot of stuff, like like um, footwork and like hand placement, pad level, and like in sustaining blocks. He's really like the the main one to like emphasize that with me. And like the more he like talks about it, the more I notice that I'm that I'm not doing it. I did start doing it, but. Then I got injured, and I come back this next game, and I just look terrible in the blocking game. <laughs> <laughs> I look terrible, but um, I, yeah, that's it's it's both kind of. Yeah. But like when it comes to like catching the ball and like getting yards and stuff, that's just like me looking at it like I look soft. Like I have to get strong enough to feel. Yeah. So so from the outside looking in, um, people. You know, they thought once you get past Penn State, now it's all about Ohio State, right? That that's where you know everything is going to go through Ohio State. But you got you got a game before that. You got Maryland. How do you guys keep yourselves from overlooking that big road game so that November twenty seventh means as much as you hope it means? Um, actually, I mean, I actually talked about this today with like, some of the players, and like we all like know like we cannot overlook Maryland. Like, we have to. We can't like at all. Like, we know Ohio State is like, everything we've been looking for, like been waiting for this season is to get to the Ohio State game. But like we know, like Maryland, we're gonna have to like take Maryland serious, and they got a good defense, good offense, and like they're like no slouches, and they're fighting to get into a pro bowl or not a pro bowl, a bowl game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, um, we're not gonna take we're not gonna take them we're not gonna take them lightly. We're gonna treat them like we were playing Penn State or Ohio State. We're gonna attack attack the, the game plan and uh hopefully have like a great week of practice so yeah. several players were asked about this at the media availability today we spoke with Cade McNamara and Chris Hinton and Mike Barrett and they all said almost exactly what you just said just one game at a time Maryland's not a slouch they've got a good quarterback they've got some explosive offensive guys they're at home I mean all those things you know do stack up pretty well for them I, I wonder who's who in the in the tight end room uh, kind of leads that discussion. I mean, you're not exactly like an old guy, but you've been playing for a few years now. You've got Schoonmaker in there too. I hear Carter Selzer's name come up a lot, even though he doesn't play quite as much, being kind of one of the older, smarter guys. Like, how does that conversation go in the tight end room specifically as one of the, I guess, one of the smaller position groups on the team, really? Um, really, like, there's like no specific like leader in, the, in our tight end room. Like, we all like. We tell each other like, like one day I'll come in like, hey, we we gotta come out and get things going. Like, we can't we can't like keep doing the wrong things or something. Or like, sales will be like, 
hey, we got to work harder, or like Joel will jump in there, Scooney will jump in there, Hibby will jump in there. Well, I feel like we're just, everyone's hungry. In the tight end room, like, as well as like the team, like everybody like faces each other. And uh, like we, like especially like with special teams, like, that's a real big emphasis, like in games and like in practice and walkthroughs. And we like get we get each other together and get our minds right. So it's not it's not really like like a, a leader in the tight end room, but like if I was either 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 I would probably share ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that that's his nickname too. I think multiple people have called him that this year, and everybody's like, yeah, "Why?" Yeah. Nobody, nobody really knows. They're just like, "I, don't <laughs> I forget who it was." Sure, the, the reason why they call him Sheriff is because he like he knows everything. Real smart, smart dude. He he makes sure you're he makes sure you like you're in the right mind. Like you're you got your uh, head in the game. He makes he's just like a like someone to look up to, like especially like. In the tight end room, room, like I'm blessed to like, have Sheriff. I mean, I'm blessed to have subs because, like, if it wasn't for him, I feel like I wouldn't know like a lot of things that I need to know. Because he like, because we take quizzes like almost every day, and he like grades them and like make sure I got like, I mean, I got this like correction and stuff. So <laughs> he's a real great leader. If, if there was a leader in the tight end room, I'd say it was Sal for sure. Yeah, I thought his name might come up. Eric, I'm, some people in the comments are saying that there's an echo, so I'm going to take you out and try to bring you back in and see if we can get this audio fixed real quick. If not, I might need to take you all the way out, then you can just click in and come back in, so we'll see how this works, okay? Sorry about that, but we'll, we'll try to get it fixed real quick. All right, I don't know. So if anybody else can hear me or hear Chris and see if we have an echo, we'll try to get Eric fixed up and make sure that he can Let come me back. check mine, too. It's coming, my, it's coming through it's coming on mine, too, so... Maybe it's just a, a connection thing online. Yeah, because it sounds fine for me, so I apologize for that. Um, and we'll see if we can get it fixed out. So, yeah, maybe jump out, Chris, and we'll bring Eric back in without Chris. All right, Eric, we got you back in here without Chris to see if the audio is good. Um, I'll ask a question, then you can talk, and we'll see what they say real quick on this. Um, I thought this was a good question. This actually came in from a commenter uh, on the Facebook page. Is, is there a tight end out there or somebody, anybody, any position, I guess, maybe that you pattern your game after or – that you think you would like to play like, or maybe you think you already do? Um, I'd say probably I want to block like Boyle from uh, the Ravens. Or okay. Doyle. I forget. I forget. It's a B or a D. Um, and probably like, um, what's his name for the Raiders? Uh, Waller. Waller. Josh yeah. Waller. Got the same number and everything, right? You and him. Yeah. yeah. Darren and Waller. Honestly, like, I didn't even like, like, I knew of him, and, like, like I never really, like, watched a lot of his games. But, like, um, I think it was Chuck or Chuck Filiaga or somebody. They were like, man, you look just like uh, Josh Waller. And, like, you guys got the same number, same build and everything. And I got to, like, watching him, like, and, and like, seeing his story and, like, and, like, seeing how he plays. I feel like we're, like, the – we could be similar. Um Really like I don't I don't I don't like watch a whole lot of NFL football, so I like I, I'm a college football watching guy. Okay. So, um, I don't know. I just try to go out there and just leave it all in the field. Or yeah. So. Well, that that leads me into I was going to ask this earlier when we were talking about the specific play against Penn State where you you had enough speed to outrun a DB. Kind of the, the other guy had an angle, but you you made it. Obviously, got to the pylon. 
you've said you you just said you're a college football watcher. How many tight ends in the country you think are doing what you did? I mean, like like I said, you've got your you've got your wide receiver background, so you've got yeah. some speed. You can do some things in the open field. You know, brag on yourself a little bit if you want to. How 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 special of a play do you think something like that is for a tight end to, to you know catch it basically at the line of scrimmage and go fifty yards for a touchdown? Yeah. Um. I know, I know that um, I seen that Georgia, that Georgia tight end run. He gets, he gets out there. And I feel like he could have definitely, he could have definitely made that play. He probably wouldn't, would have went in there and untouched that man. <laughs> um, Scooney definitely would have made the play. Yeah, he can run. Yep. Yeah, he, he, he flushed. He probably would have went in there untouched. Um, I, I don't, I don't know how fast that Notre Dame tight end is. He's pretty fast. Um, but I don't know too much. I don't know too many uh, tight ends. Like I haven't seen like too much like mm-hmm. like speed from any tight ends. But yeah, I don't. I really don't know. But I feel like I definitely would have been faster though if my ankle wasn't messed up. To be honest, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. We got a little yeah. comment in here from Blake Coram's dad saying, "What's up, Eric?" <laughs> what up? <laughs> one of our favorite one of our favorite guests. I think he tunes in for every episode, and we've had Blake on many times. So that's cool to see him in here. Uh, if anybody out there listening does have a question for Eric, throw it in the comments. We're getting close to wrapping up with him. So if you've got anything you want to ask about, I'll be happy to ask it for should you. We, should we ask about the big question? I mean, is it, should we even ask about it now, or should we just avoid Ohio State altogether until we get by Maryland? Look, What's man, the menta- I- Let me ask you this. What's the mentality, Eric? Because you, you obviously know that's a big game. We talked about how you keep from overlooking Maryland, but you know the theme even in the preseason going back to Big Ten media days was you guys were not avoiding the Ohio State question that if there were signs up in the locker room, there were signs up in the weight room that you guys were fully embracing the rivalry. Can you talk a little bit about that? You didn't get to play last year, so you're two years removed from the game. You guys are finally going to meet back. You know, what does this opportunity feel like that you have coming up in two weeks? Man, we're just ready. I'm done. Uh, like, we're just – everybody's just excited uh, to get back out there against them. Um, honestly, um, guys haven't really been, like, saying too much about it because we know we have to go, like – we have to go week by week. But I feel like – I feel like guys are going to be prepared and guys are going to be confident. I feel like um, guys are going to be hungry. I feel like, I don't know, I feel like I feel like we got a good chance going into this game. Of, I feel like we got a good chance of anybody in the country, to be honest. Not only Ohio State, but, like, we really haven't – like, we're looking, like, we see Ohio State, like, we know we got to beat them, and we, we know, like, it's a, we're, like, serious about the rivalry, but, like, we want to go more than just the right. We want to go to the daddy. So, like, we know, like, if we thrive every day to to, to beat Ohio State, not only just beat them, we want to devastate them. We want to, we want to go, we want to go in that, into that game knowing, like, we left it all on the field and we just demolished them. And um, that's how, that's how we want to end that game. And, um, Honestly, like we're just we're just trying to get to the natty. We're trying to get to the playoffs, and what really matters, what really like counts at this, what really is like, what we think is more important is to get in that natty as lo- as well as be in Ohio State, and they got it, and they're like in the way, so we got to get past them. Yeah, and and I asked I asked Blake this earlier in the year, and I think it's an interesting question because a lot of people in the preseason. 
they didn't see Michigan, you know, sitting at nine one, ten one. They didn't see you guys getting. It, there were a lot of people that were kind of viewing this as a rebuild year. Was there, at least from the outside looking in, I know you guys didn't have that mentality, but was there a point during the year where you guys realized, like, holy shit, like we could really do something this year. Like this is a good team. Was there a point during the season where you guys all kind of looked around and realized that you had something special there? I think for me, it was after that Washington game. Cause that was really like our first, like, like test. And when we went out there and like, and seeing that like our run game, like is established, I was like, yeah, we're dangerous. Cause last year, like we threw the ball nonstop. Like we didn't have, we didn't have a run game really. And, um, James was just playing seven on seven with us. Like they weren't playing no run read or nothing. They had said go. They were taking back step. They're backpedaling off the off the snap. So I feel like once once I found out once I found out that we could establish or we can run the ball and we could and we're uh, physical in the trenches and we can catch the ball as well. We got speed and Cade back there. I, that's when I realized like yeah we're dangerous. But um, and then after that we played Wisconsin, and there there was like question marks about if we could like throw the ball and this that and the other. And I I knew and I live with Cade, and we um I I used like we throw we go and run routes and like we have like like we 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 do a whole bunch of stuff at practice and like we know like we can throw the ball. So like that really wasn't the question with me. The real question to me was the was the run game. And when we got out there and and ran the ball all over uh, Washington, that's when I realized, like, yeah, we, we're going to be good. I, I, we went to that uh, Wisconsin game confident, though. Yeah, I think uh, I think Blake said the the Wisconsin game was the same point for him where he he was like, okay, we're, we're we got something going here. I think it was you guys hadn't won there in a long time, almost two decades. It had been a while since you'd done it. You only yeah. played five games there, but you know the fact that you went up there and did that in that environment, I think that was the point for him where where he finally hit that realization. I did want to get to this question from from Nick because I'm curious myself. So se- selfishly, I want to ask it. You guys have trotted out a few different uniform combinations this year. So yeah. far, what's the favorite? I, I'll be honest. For me, the the one against Penn State, the uh, the maze accessories and the armbands and the socks. I thought that that was pretty pretty frosty. But what what do you think? I thought I like that too. I like the also like the um, what we wore to Michigan State, the white maze white. Yeah, I loved that. But in practice all week, we were. Maze, we were the maze, maze with the blue accessories. Like guys had like blue Under Armors and blue socks and all this. But it looked good. I thought it looked good. But um, I love the the all blue still from yeah. from when we played Washington. Now I love yeah. I love the all blue. But now, I is there probably it, between is, the all blue and the white maze white to be honest. Yeah. Okay, is there is there a combo yet that we haven't seen that we can maybe expect to see? You know, with two games, three games, maybe maybe even more left this season. Can we expect to see some more alternates? <laughs> uh, probably. I think I think Coach likes the, the likes the alternates. We might hop out there in the white blue again, white with the white tops, blue blue bottoms. Um, I think. We could, I think we could get the white, uh, yellow, white again. I don't know. You never know what coach. I didn't think we were going to, um, I didn't even think he was going to bring the maze jerseys out. 
And when I heard that, I was shocked. It's been like, a nice. I think they were. I think they were going to do all all maze though for the game. But I so we get the blue accessories look better. We yeah. get into this debate a lot with the fans, but I'm as somebody who plays like this, do those things matter to you? Like alternate uniforms, when you guys come out with something different or cool, like does that play into like how you guys feel going into the game is the old adage, look good, feel good. Like, is, is that stuff important to you guys or is it just overblown and, and not really something that's important? I feel like, I feel like it is. I feel like, it, I feel like it does have something to do with like, like going out there and feeling like, feeling like confident. I feel like I like it because like it adds the extra confidence to you. Like when you like when you go out there looking looking good and dressing like in different uniforms out in front of the fans, especially when you're at home, it just adds a little extra juice. And um especially like for guys on the team that like like love like dressing like flashy and like <laughs> like to do stuff. I feel like I feel like Are you one of those fun. guys? Are you the flashy guy? Are you dressing flashy? Nah, I try I try to get a little drip. Uh, an influx of drip. See, if I, had, if I had the drop right there. I would, I would play it. Yeah. <laughs> we we try to get a little drippy from time to time, but we're yeah, pushing forty, so it doesn't look the same when we do it. Eric All is probably twenty years old. He's about six five out there in good shape, man. He can do he can do the drip, man. Well, that's, that's, that's left up. The, the Jordan that. athletic cut wasn't designed yeah. for my body shape, so I I'll stick to uh, I'll stick to the uh, Adidas fit, I guess. Yeah. I wanted to say, I wanted to say one more thing. I I hadn't thought about this, but as a former recruiting guy, Eric All is an Ohio product, man. He's a he's a Fairfield, Ohio kid that didn't have an offer from Ohio State. So that I'm wondering. I mean, is that that's got to mean a little something? You, I know. Again, I know we got Maryland first. Maryland's coming up next week, but that Ohio State game is there. You said it all year. It's been there and it has been talked about. So as an Ohio kid, that's got to mean a little something to you. Yeah, really. Like to be honest. I never loved Ohio State. Like I never like even like liked them. My family's always been like Alabama fans, mm, and okay. they beat us. They beat us when they had Zeke, um, and like ever since then, like I just hated them. And, <laughs> and my uh, like really like I I really like hated them because like you go to school and you and that's all you hear. Yeah, when guys on the bus. Yeah, guys on, at school. Like you like it gets like you get into some heated like arguments and like that is. <laughs> I just hated him after that. Like my coach in high school, he had to force me to go to the to the Ohio State camp. I didn't want to go, <laughs> but like other other teams, other teams were there, like Kentucky and like Toledo and like all those all those other schools that were like supposedly like good at the time. But um, like, I, they, my coach forced me to go. Like he was like, "Yeah, you gotta go to this." <laughs> yeah, I, I really don't want to go because. I, I hated I hated Urban. Oh, actually, <laughs> <laughs> you can say it. You can say it. You can say. Well, eh, oh, yeah, he is in the league. Well, eh. yeah. there's not going to be any love lost here. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, look, but, that's look, fair. He's, he's fair. The kind of, he's the kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just I just hated him. I just hated him. To yeah. be honest, I, I really I really hated. Him. I didn't I didn't like their tight end coach. I didn't like I didn't like the school. I didn't like I didn't like anything about him. They were in Columbus. The the, the campus is trash. It's just, <laughs> like, well, he's doing you fit, it. You fit right in in Ann Arbor yeah. for sure. And, it, and it, when I came up to Ann Arbor, I just loved it. And it just so happens like we we both hated we both hated uh, Ohio State. So match made go. in heaven. Perfect. There you awesome. go. Yeah.
I think that's about it. I was looking through some of the questions, but a lot of them are kind of stuff we've already asked. Um, I, I don't want to, I don't want to overlook the fans who are in here listening to Eric, but there hasn't been much we haven't already talked about. So, oh, somebody did ask. This is this is a quick one. Do you got a favorite route? Do you have a favorite route that you like to run? Something you think you uh, are yeah. something that you really you really like to do? Um, I actually I ran it against um, uh, Michigan State when. Um, when I, I caught the ball on number six was like on my back and uh like I was like he was like on my back and I was still running down the field. He um it's called like a little like we call we call it I don't know, it's like an option route. Mm -hmm. And like you you tempo it and then like you can read based off the leverage like that they give you. You could either go like you sit, you could go in, you could go out, you could go. So it's based off of what defense they run. They really can't like do much about it because if they have inside leverage. I'm gonna just go out. If they have outside leverage, I'm gonna go in. They're playing. They're back pedaling to sit, yeah. and it's just like a go-to route for us. And it's that's. I would imagine being uh you know living with Cade and getting a lot of extra reps. That's the kind of thing that really starts to form some chemistry. Yes. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just like a it's like a feel. It's just like yeah. a feel route. Yeah. So I love I love that route. I also love. Um, Running like posts and stuff. It's like sometimes you can add a little extra to it, get open. So, well, Eric, we really appreciate the time, man. Obviously, yeah, man. Uh, a huge, huge play. Um, I mean, everybody went crazy. You see the, you see all the uh, man. Some of those pictures of Eric coming down the Penn State sideline, <laughs> James <laughs> Franklin in the background. <laughs> Those are some those are some iconic images that are gonna live yeah. on forever, depending on how the rest of this season goes for sure, because that was it's the biggest play of the season so far. Right. Right there. So congratulations on the success. Uh get healthy, get that ankle fixed up, man, and feel good on these uh these last few games. And thanks for the time, man. I know you guys are busy. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, man. I'm not not doing too much. I'm just chilling right now. So <laughs> thanks you thank you guys for having me on here. Appreciate Absolutely. it, man. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Yeah, thank you. Have a good one. Yes, sir. All right. That's good stuff from Eric, man. That's I, I can't even imagine, dude. You're like 20 years old. Make a play like that. <laughs> and again, dude, again, first touchdown. I, I mean, I started to think back and I'm like, wow, I can't believe that's the first score he's had because he, he is so talented, man. I mean, he does so many things after he catches the ball. He looks like a wide receiver out there sometimes. And for that to be the first time getting in the end zone could not have come at a better time. So that is yeah, just crazy. Right. I it could is. Not believe it. Could not believe Wild it. Wild that that was the first score for him. So, um, just happy for him, man. Like I said, yeah. I covered him very briefly as a recruit. I actually, I might have. It might have even been a scenario, if I'm remembering correctly, now where I was at a camp that he was at, and he didn't have a Michigan offer yet, but he was killing it at the camp. And I remember thinking, like, you know, who is this? He was a bit, you know, big, big wide receiver at the time. He was a wide receiver, and I was like, man, that kid looks pretty good, man. And then. uh I think like a couple of weeks later, he got offered by Michigan. I was like, damn, I could have had a chance to talk to him back at that camp. But anyway, yeah. really nice kid. Obviously has come a long way, has bulked up, has turned into a really, really good blocker and has always had the athleticism and the ability as a pass catcher. And man, did it pay off on Saturday because that play was I thought that was really cool, too, man, how he I mean, every answer, every question we asked, he had an answer at the ready. He talked about, you know, someone asked like, Cause a lot of times I've seen the question, like, who do you model your game after? And you get like the, well, you know, I really like a lot of guys. And I, you know, this, he said two guys, I like Jack Doyle as a blocker. I like Darren Waller as a pass catcher. I want to be just like both of them. 
And then I yeah. asked him about other college, other college tight ends. He's naming the guy from, from Georgia and the guy from Notre Dame and the guy from, uh, well, Schoonmaker too. I mean, I just, I don't know. I like it when questions get freaking answered. I like that. And he, he answered every single one. Uh, that was fun, man. That was cool. What a, what a moment for, for a player to have yeah. like that. For this and it's season. a cool moment for us too. It's a, I think it's a cool moment for us. It's a cool moment for the fans to be able to like have a guy like that come on and answer some questions who makes such a big play. And it, it really, you know, goes back to all the NIL stuff. And this is what, you know, NIL is allowing the, the fans and people like us to experience. It's just a really yeah, cool thing. Cool. And I'm, I'm happy that we're able to do that. So really cool for him, but really cool for us, man. The fact that we get to talk to him, the fact that we got to see him make that play and the fact that Michigan is sitting in the spot that they're in, I do think it's cool like that that all of these guys seem to have a moment where they're like this is real like this is going to happen yeah. you know and I always wonder when that happens and it seems to be Wisconsin maybe is a common theme you know I know Eric had mentioned it Blake mentioned it the last time he was on maybe that was like the the moment where things really took a turn I look rough today bro I'm what? I'm, a, I'm a spring chicken out here today wow. I feel I feel glorious wow he looks like rough I feel like I got good complexion going today, man. Off the top rope, that's Damn. the same guy, Matthew. Yeah, he's the one who always thinks I'm sitting on the toilet. So on the toilet. Uh, okay, yeah. it's fine. Uh, I did. You kind of touched on this a little bit. Um, you know the the magnitude of that play. It's really kind of crazy to think that this comment right here from Will's Wolverine Report that play that Eric All may have saved Jim Harbaugh's job. I don't know if that's that's a little strong. But I mean, I I know the article I was getting ready to write had they lost against Penn State, and I know you were getting ready to fire something up too. Um, it would have been it would have been the second gotta have it, can't lose, gotta have it, gotta have it game, and it almost slipped away. But a huge play from Eric All, and then a defensive stand, and and Michigan comes out of there with a win. So yeah, that's a it's a monumental play for this season. Depending on how the rest of the way it goes, I mean, I think they're gonna, you know Maryland is going to be not a yeah. pushover, but Michigan's going to be favored in that one. Uh, and then it, and then it's you know we'll see what Michigan State and Ohio State do against each other. But I mean, everybody's going to be picking the Buckeyes in that one. They look like a machine right now. Off yeah. Anyway, offensively. So yeah, we will. Uh, we'll see what happens. So here we are, Chris. We're an hour and ten minutes in because we did have our guest. We did some other stuff at the beginning. What are we thinking? Are we going to pull the plug on this right now? Do we wanna? Do we wanna? You know, do we want? What are we gonna run into? I mean, what do we, what else do we got on the docket? It's burning questions, bro. <laughs> I don't know. Let the people ask. We've been on for an hour. It's eight thirteen. What do you think? It's a great Here's segment, the thing. But burning it's questions long. usually, yeah. Burning questions usually runs about thirty five. I mean, we're gonna be on. You know, we got to put the kids to bed. We got you know. Mm -hmm. There's the dad stuff too. So I'd maybe like maybe we push burning. Well, uh, Wednesday's the fan show too. Do we do burning questions and then roll right into the fans? I mean, we could do that. We the see, hey, well, you know what? We got people saying keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Burning questions. Keep the show going. You know what? Let's roll. Let's roll with it. Dancing with well, the stars. Is mom, mom comes in, though. <laughs> Uh, Luke, uh, the, uh, the answer is no, I don't think you're going to see Dan Valari this year. Probably not. But my expectation Luke, is that I think he's going to transfer after this year. If, if he wants to play Luke, listen, I'm not trying to ignore you, bro. I know you said you're new. Please ask Eric my question. I'm not asking Eric all about Dan Valari. We got him yeah. for 30 minutes. His time's valuable. 
he's a four string quarterback, bro. He's not playing. I well, okay, Richard. Richard makes a great. Let's point. do it. All right, let's put in. Let's put in the OT. Let's put in the work. Let's do it. All right, little overtime here. We'll finish with burning questions. Let's get it. You want to start, or you want me to? I will start it off. Wait a minute. I gotta. Definitely warms the cockles of the heart. <laughs> you know what warms the cockles? Standing by a damn space heater, Jim. Watch your legs, bro. <laughs> Easy, Melt, Jimbo. Melted the Lululemons right off his ass, man. That is that could have been dangerous. Right That's there. wild, right? I did. I, I mean, I was looking for it, but I didn't see Jim Harbaugh running around on fire down the sideline. I think I would have no. noticed that. That's that. I've never seen anything quite like that before. Here we go, Brandon. Question mm-hmm. number one, burning question. Yep. I put out an article about this topic. I'm just going to get right to it. Should Aiden Hutchinson be in New York for the Heisman Trophy presentation? Should he be there? You know what? My first... are there are there five players in the country that you would pick over Aiden Hutchinson? Now that's a, that's a slightly different question, I think, but I, but it it kind of gets to the same point. My first instinct, honestly, was to say no. It was to say no because. He's at 10 sacks. Man, he's yeah, damn dude, he's really good. He he's he is like he is a problem on every single play. And he's getting held all the freaking time and he's still putting up big time numbers. And he's a leader and he never comes off the field and Man, yeah, okay, so there's a good like he's not even leading the country in sacks. Like I know that's not the only metric. It's not. But I, you know, my first thought was like, no, maybe I don't think so. I think for a defensive guy to be in in New York for the Heisman, he's got to just be like out of control with the numbers. And like, I think his impact is outstanding and he's the best player on Michigan's pretty good defense and he's going to be a high draft pick. But if he's not in New York, I actually think that's okay. Yeah, I, I probably not like the popular fan answer. But I think when you break it down, like that's that's kind of where I get to. Sure, that that and and I think it's fair. I think you can make an argument both ways. I wouldn't be surprised if he makes New York, especially depending on how Michigan finishes out the year. I mean, if they go and they beat Maryland, if they beat Ohio State at home, and he has a couple, you know, monster games in between, I you know I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him in New York. And personally, I I think he deserves there one because I'm biased and I I love Michigan football, but two because of all the things you said, it's, it's not just the things he does from a physical standpoint, but he's a leader. He means so much to that team. He's the most important player in that program right now. And, and they are where they are, I think in large part due to his leadership and pulling everybody along. So, you know, I don't know how much all of that counts towards the Heisman trophy race, but I certainly think he belongs in New York. I I know people hate him because he was a Buckeye, but like, Chase Young had 16 and a half sacks, 19 and a half tackles for loss, a bunch of forced fumbles, over 65 tackles. And he he was like what fourth or fifth or yeah. something. I don't even know. But, if he but that remember. was a strong that was a strong Heisman it was, it was class, strong. I think. It was, yes. right. And I, I think that's probably gonna factor into this. You don't have like this elite runaway court. I mean, it seems like it's a little more open this year where, yeah. you know, maybe not a Hutchinson, but it, there, there's room there for a defender to step out and, and possibly snatch it away. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, if they if they send him, that's amazing. Like he's he's deserving of it. He's making the he's making that kind of impact. But if if you just ask me straight up, yes or no, I think I'd say no. I, I do. Think and about I, okay, think about Jabril Peppers. Same thing. Like his numbers weren't wild, right? But he just impacted yeah. 
so many facets of the game. So who knows? I think bottom we'll line, see. if he was there, you wouldn't be like, eh, you wouldn't think he doesn't belong. Right. If he's there, I'd be like, yeah, I can see it. If he's not there, I can be like, okay, that's probably okay too. That's kind of where I'm at with it. Um, my first question is, are you surprised that we didn't see J.J. McCarthy at all? Like, not one snap against Penn State. None. Zero. Zero snaps for J.J. Uh, yeah, I'm always surprised when we don't see him because they've already burned the red shirt. So if there's packages for him to go in there and to make plays, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised. But given the, the tone of the game and where things sort of ended up with it getting a little bit tighter – um, and then you look back at the Michigan State game and probably wanting to not, you know, at that point, you don't want to throw him into a situation where the game's getting tight. So, uh, no, I wasn't really surprised. I mean, I, that's kind of a weird question because half yes and half no. But given the way the game went, I would say I would lean more towards no, not surprising. I just I just think I'm a little I'm a little surprised just because of how I, I don't actually disagree with not putting him in. I, I'm like. You know, Cade's in there. It's a close game. Leave him in. Let him play. Yeah. Let one quarterback play. I just was a little surprised because of what we had seen to that point. It's like, oh, third and 18, you throw him in the game. And <laughs> you know, the way he's been used has been yeah. weird. So the fact that this was a little more normal surprises me. I'm not I'm not surprised because I think, like, what the hell are you doing? Put him in for six random ass weird snaps and, and right. let's see what happens. I it just that's how he's been used all year. So it's kind of weird that it it changed on this day. When it's been it's been other it's been different than that all season. So not really like a. I don't think there's like a cause for concern or that it means anything. I just think it was a little strange that he didn't play because he because he had been. So that's where yeah. I'm at. All right, man. Where should not where will but where should Michigan be ranked when the college football playoff rankings come out on Tuesday? They're Georgia, currently at six. Georgia, Bama. Who is or is Oregon still up there third? I think Oregon and Cincy, right? No, Ohio State. Cincinnati's been hold behind. Hold I got it right here. Michigan. Michigan should be fifth. Michigan okay. should be so, fifth. So they move up a spot. I think. Well, who was fifth last week? I need to see what the I need to see what the rankings are. So fifth last week was, was Cincinnati fifth. Hey, give me one second. So fifth was da, 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 Cincinnati. So it was seven Michigan State, six Michigan, five Cincy, three Oregon, four Ohio Never State. Mind. Leave them right where they're at. Six. Just they're they're at six. I mean they uh, you know nobody nobody in front of them lost. Just leave them there. I think I mean, the big question was whether or not Michigan's going to leapfrog Cincy. I saw some talk I about don't that. So. I mean. Uh, should they, leap, should they leapfrog? I don't know. I, I I tend to subscribe to the same thing. I know people get worked up about these things, but the numbers will eventually work themselves out. Yep. Michigan's still got to play this one team at least that's ahead of them there, so it'll work itself out. Yeah, I'm fine with. I think that I I don't I don't think the top six is going to change. Actually, I mean, I'm not. I'm certainly not going to complain about being number six in the playoff race at this yeah. point in the year. I mean, Ohio State looked pretty damn impressive. I mean, I know they gave up 31 to. Purdue, but it was a lot of garbage points against backups yeah. and stuff. They were, you know, 50 burger was like nothing for them. So I don't know. I, I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if one through six didn't even change this week. That's kind of yeah. what, I, what I anticipate. Um, my second question, and we talked about it a little bit earlier, so I don't know how deep we want to dive into it, but how impressed have you been by Hassan Haskins? Very, very. And, yeah. and I'll say everything I said earlier that 
It just feels like week after week, he's either jumping over defenders, he's dragging defenders along with him. When, you know, Corum went out, he had to, you know, pick up the slack and he's done it. He's just an absolute machine. And, and I know I was guilty of it earlier in the year, but I, I, I really think that he is such a crucial and important part of not just this offense, but the overall team success. Can't give the guy enough credit, man. He's a workhorse. Absolutely love him. It's so crazy that at different times this season, after Blake Corum would do something, I would say, I don't know how you put Hassan Haskins in the game. And then he looks like the last two weeks, and it's like, God, how good are these two backs, man? How do you not have him in the game, you know? How good are these two backs? It's, I mean, it's almost like I, you almost wish there were two footballs on the field so you can give them both the ball. It's right. like yeah. it, sucks, it sucks when you've got to take either of them out of the game. That's how good they are. That's why the rushing game has been so good. He's been incredible. The fact that he's been playing essentially by himself back there is just it's it's awesome. I mean, it's you just don't see it. You don't see running backs carry the ball that much, that physically, that tough for four quarters like we did on Saturday. You don't see it anymore. Um, game ball MVP of that game is Hassan, man. It's just as good as David uh, uh, David Ojabo and Aiden Hutchinson were on defense. I mean, Hassan Haskins doing it by himself without a real backup is incredible. I yeah. think it's incredible. You're you're not going to get many people that are going to disagree on that. Yeah. This is yeah. this is another this, this was a really big burning question after Saturday, and it's kind of been building as the season goes on. But will David Ojabo be playing football in Ann Arbor next year? Nope, I wouldn't. If I was him, he's already being viewed. He's already being viewed as a top ten prospect. That doesn't necessarily mean top ten pick. But it'll be it would be close, I think, because he's that talented. He's got that much potential. He's that raw. He's that athletic. He's exactly what teams look for in pass rushers in the NFL. Exactly. I mean, I'm two of T. So, no. And I, I'm wondering, are we gonna? Are you? Were you? I don't want to steal your. Let me. Yeah. Let me. I was. I was gonna mention it. Yeah. So, the, and this is something that I, I think didn't get talked about earlier on in the year that much because. David Ojabo wasn't viewed in the same light that he is now, but I don't know if you guys remember out there, we actually had David on the show earlier in the year. And one of the interesting things that he told us was that he is not able as a foreign born player is not able to profit off of NIL. So he can't make any money off of the NIL deals. And so I think there was a part of me that thought, you know what? Yeah, he's really good, but I think there's some things he's got to fine tune and, and maybe get better at. At this point, with with not being able to participate in the NIL with his draft stock rising, I just don't know how you how you say no. If if the opportunity is there, I think you absolutely got to take it. I personally don't think he's going to be in Ann Arbor next year. Would obviously love to have him because it, it it'll be painful to lose Hutchinson and Ojabo in the same year. Um, but Michigan continues to crank out edge rushers, and so you know at this point it, it might just be a reload situation. But uh, man. Man, is he good. He's come a long way, man. He yeah. he called himself an F- minus as a true freshman uh, when right. we had him <laughs> on, that he didn't know what the hell he was doing. He didn't know hand placement. He didn't know leverage. He didn't know anything. And, uh, yeah, it really is a bummer. I see some people kind of chiming in now that name, image, and likeness does not apply to kids who There's are born outside of the two, U.S. Two players. Yeah, who you the other player? Julius Welshoff, also born right. out, uh, born in Germany, so he's uh, he wasn't born here either. So, but for a guy like Ojabo, who is just flying up draft boards and has, I mean, he's 
dude, he's got the look, man. He's got the double nickel. He's got the do rag hanging out. He's he's yeah, dude. Icy. That's a mar- very, that very is a icy. marketable marketable kid right there, and he can't he can't touch the nil stuff. So that's that's a bummer, dude. I mean, it is. So he's he's gonna look at that a little differently than some other guys might, and uh, I I would think you know, strike while the iron's hot and it doesn't yeah. get a whole lot hotter right now because, because if he comes back too without Aiden Hutchinson, he might not be as productive. Like everything's working for him right now and people are paying attention and someone's probably going to draft him in the first round. So you go, I mean, I if you get a first round grade, you go, that that's it. If you start talking about second, third and beyond, then you, you can debate it a little bit, but if you're a first rounder, dude, you, you go, you go make that money. You know, your football your football football careers have a short shelf life, man. And if you can make it, make it. And you can't hate on it for that. I do uh, want to say I want to say this before you move into the next question. Al Mitchell, I saw your question. Yes, absolutely. I believe Hassan Haskins is an NFL back, and I think this season, I think he's proven that a lot with the way you watch him drag players, the way you watch his physicality. He's always falling forward. He one hundred percent is going to be taken in the NFL draft. I don't have any question about that. I, I think that's probably a safe bet. I don't know how high because he's he while he is an explosive athlete, he's not overly fast. So like sure you know, testing numbers might not be off the charts, but there's no way you can you cannot put on his tape and think like ah, I just don't know if he's gonna be effective. <laughs> he's gonna be effective. <laughs> give him the ball. What's, what, what's not yeah. to love, yeah. Give him the ball and go get four yards. I mean, like that, that's a given. So I'm I'm with you. I'll be interested to see how that plays out. Like yeah. what NFL teams view him as and and where he might go in the draft because he's 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 not going to run a 4-4. He's not. Right. I mean, you know, he's a bigger back. He's obviously explosive. I mean the hurdle plays and the, you know, the just the body control and the contortions that he does. He's he's really athletic and really explosive, but he's not super fast and you don't have to be though at running back. So I'm I'm really interested to see where he looks what he looks like on NFL draft boards. Uh, my third question, Chris. How valuable is Jim Harbaugh's four and three record against Penn State? How valuable is it? Uh, what, how do you view it? What kind of weight do you put on that record against one of the better teams in the East? I mean, you hate to say it's a solid record because you're just above 500, but the reality is. Year in and year out, Penn State recruits well. They put out a good team. They they have one of the toughest toughest environments you'll see in all of college football. You know the fact that he's got a winning record against James Franklin. I'll, I'll take it. I'd rather be on this side than on the other side. You would obviously love to see it better. Is it extremely impressive? No, but it's a winning record, and you'll take as many winning records over rivals, especially in your own division, as you possibly can. I mean, look, man. We've talked about that number, which I think might be right at 500 now. I think he's 22 and 22, Jim Harbaugh, against Power Five teams with a winning record. So, yeah, it's it's tough to win. It's tough to win against good teams. And so, being four and three against Penn State and uh, who was it? Ron Thomas, right there. Penn State has been good over the last seven years. Yeah. So if you're if you're beating them more often than than you're losing to them, you got to feel pretty good about that. That three and four against Michigan State, and obviously that O for against Ohio State's going to get all the attention in the world. But Penn State's a pretty damn good team too, and he's got a winning record there, so I think it's worth mentioning. Yeah, are you giving Jim Harbaugh credit? That's what that was. Wow. Okay, yeah. we need like a siren or something that we got to let the people know. There you go. Yeah, that's that's your version of slurping. A little bit of credit. <laughs> all right. Enough of that. Uh, all right. 
tone it down a little bit. It's, it's we talked it is what it is. We asked Eric about the Maryland game and how they avoid a, a, an upset. But I'm curious, you know, as somebody from the outside looking in, how concerned are you about the Maryland game on the road? Obviously, there's probably going to be a lot at stake when when Michigan and Ohio State. I mean, we know there's going to be a lot at stake, regardless of whether or not a Big Ten a trip to Indy is on the table. But how concerned are you about that game? Pretty concerned. I mean, I Michigan's going to Michigan's. I'm going to pick Michigan to win without hesitation, but it's on the road. I mean, Jim Harbaugh talked about it today. Tagovailoa, he he is a he deals it. That's what Jim Harbaugh said. That's the word he used. He's got a whip for an arm. He's a good athlete. They've got some talent at receiver. I think they're a little dinged up at receiver. I think Jim Harbaugh mentioned that today too. So that hurts them a little bit. They're nowhere near as deep as Michigan, and they give up a lot of points. So. I mean, you know, whenever I, – I don't think this is unfair to say. I think they have the better quarterback of the two teams between Tagovailoa and Cade. Um, maybe not by a lot, but I think talent-wise, Tagovailoa is a little bit more talented. But I, I think Michigan's going to win pretty easily. I think they're they're too deep. There's too much on the on the line. Tagovailoa weighs about a buck ninety, dude. Ojabo and Hutchinson might break his ass in half on Saturday. I mean, it, it, like they're yeah. they're gonna be coming for him, man. He's he's already worried about it. I'm I'm sure of it. But they have got a little bit of talent, and they're on the or they're at home, so you can't like Eric Hall said, you can't sleepwalk. You can't go in there and just think you're gonna get a win. But Michigan's the better team by quite a bit. Maryland's not very good. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll say that I said when I made my pick uh, for the Penn State game. I was, I was basing that off of the mental makeup of this team. I said that I thought the mental makeup of the Wolverines was going to be the difference in that game. And I would argue that that was the case when they got down and, and things looked a little bit tight. They didn't fold like they normally would. They came out and got the job done. And when you see a team able to do that, I mean, they're just head and shoulders better than the Maryland football program. And so I expect them to go out there. I expect them to take care of business. And I think once again, you're not going to see a letdown because the mental makeup of this team is just different. There is serious leadership on this roster. Starts with Aiden Hutchinson. If you think for a, for any one second that Aiden Hutchinson is going to allow somebody to go to College Park and overlook the Turks, it's not going to happen. We might just win it all. We might just win it all. You what heard Eric all? You heard him. Heard him. I We're did, coming for the natty. And you I know did, what? You know what? That might people might roll their eyes at that, but I, I that's what I want to hear. I want our players talking about natties. CJ Fraser, dude. If I was if I was banging off an old English on here right now, I would I that would take me to a new stratosphere for street cred. No. Steel Reserve, King Cobra. It's a Bud Light. It's a Bud Light Michelada. It's like a bloody beer. That's my it's my jam, dude. That's my thing. Not a lot of people get down on that. This guy does. That's it was a beautiful tailgating beverage, I'll tell you that much. It's like a, it's beautiful? Like a, it's like a breakfast in a can, dude. Are you kidding me? Anyway, Gross. speaking of Eric All, I, said, I, I, uh, I mentioned the quote that Jim Harbaugh said, best tight end to ever do it at Michigan. He's certainly not there yet. What do you think of that? What do you think of that quote? When you look at Eric All, number 83, running 50 yards down the sideline, outrunning DBs, is that a crazy statement or is Jim Harbaugh like, Kind of on point with that. Uh, it gives credibility to what he said. I, I have, when he caught that ball, I thought there's no way he's going to be able to outrun yeah. a DB. And it didn't look like he was going to, the fact that he was injured and he's got, you know, he's working through something on his ankle. Uh, you know, he has 
all all of the makings to be one of the greatest tight ends ever to play at the University of Michigan. So just just based on what Jim Harbaugh said, no, it doesn't sound that crazy. You see flashes of it. It starts to you start to ask yourself, okay, well, if that's the case, why aren't we seeing more out of him? But it looks like, you know, as time's going on, they're they're trying to get him more involved in the offense, and obviously, it's it's leading to success. So I'll say I'll say this athletically and in today's world of football, he is he's he's the guy. That's that's who you want. That's yeah. how like he's a prototype. Um, he only caught one ball as a true freshman. He, last year was the COVID year, and he's only got one touchdown in his career. So numbers wise, he's not he's not going to get there. But potential wise, talent wise, maybe future wise, I know Chris, you're really you're really in tune with what these Michigan guys do in the NFL after they leave. Oh yeah, love it. But no, like he, he's he's got everything to be really really good at the next at the next level and next year. I mean, I'm not trying to push him out the door, but I'm just saying the first three years of his Michigan career probably haven't been productive enough to be in that conversation, but ability wise, he's special, yeah. man. There's I, he was humble and he named a few guys. You know, when I asked him that question, there's not a lot of tight ends in America doing that. There, there just isn't. And, and he's one of them. And he's, he is up to 250 pounds now and he likes to put his face in the fan. Like he's a complete tight end and, and he's going to be, he's going to make himself a lot of money playing that position at the next level. So um, I like the quote. I, I remember when he said it, I was like, damn, like there's been some good tight ends at Michigan. That's pretty lofty, yeah. but he's a special player, man. I like Eric all on the field and he has been, uh, he has been more and more involved lately and it's been good for Michigan. So yeah, I'm, I'm okay with the words. All right. Are we on the final? I think I'm final on my one. final here. All yep. right. This it's about as big as it gets. We're going to have plenty of time to talk about it, obviously, as, as the, the days go on here, but I'm looking ahead. So for, for anybody out there who's the one week at a time fan, take it one week at a time. You either want to turn off your computer, look away, it. mute it. Don't listen to what I'm about to say. Uh, here's the question. Does a win over Ohio State this year wipe the slate clean for Jim Harbaugh? Not for me. It doesn't for me. I, I mean, it, dude, it would be huge. It would be huge for this year. It will be huge for momentum. It will be huge to get into the the Big Ten champion. I mean, again, we're we're I get we're kind of assuming Ohio State's going to beat Michigan State, right? I mean, that's I don't know. It's probably not. That. It's probably not a given. But what it feels a, a twenty point favorite. Nineteen. It feels pretty. Favorite. It feels pretty close to it to a given. But no, man. It. I mean, dude, one in five is not good. It's not good, and it doesn't erase what happened against Michigan State this year. And overall, now the rest of the way, the way that things played out the rest of the season has gone really well. And if Michigan can beat Ohio State, this is going to be Jim Harbaugh's best season ever at Michigan because they're going to play for a Big Ten title. They're going to probably win a Big Ten championship, which is badass. Like I don't think anybody in the West can beat Michigan. And then that probably means a trip to the playoff. And, like, that means me and you are booking flights and we're doing the damn thing and it's going to be fun, man. But, no, it do, like, one good season doesn't erase what got me to this point. Now, I'll come off of the, like, starting to think about replacement thing. I'll, I'll come off of that. But but I guess I, I guess I would have to ask exactly what you mean by wipe the slate clean. Like all of a sudden we're just hip hip hooray. No, I'm not forgiving. Oh, and five. I mean, wipe it clean. Okay. I can't quite get there for that. Uh, For me personally, individually, it wipes the slate clean. I am so damn starved to go to Indy to beat Ohio state. 
to see Michigan competing on television or in person in Indy in the play, like for Michigan to get there. Oh, we'll be there with bells on. Right. If, if Jim Harbaugh can do that this year, given how people were viewing this Michigan football program in the preseason, I'll wipe the slate clean because it will mean so damn much to me, not just as somebody who's covering the team and enjoys it, but as a fan and who rides or dies with this team on Saturdays and who has suffered through many, many, many heartbreaks over the last two decades, man, if he can get him to Indy wipes the slate clean for me. Yeah. I mean, dude, 11 and one is freaking strong, bro. I mean, that Very. is strong. That's strong. I mean, I'll, you know, I'm going to have to take some, I'm going to have to take some darts in the neck on Twitter for a while. And I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. This is, this is always what I always come back to. Like, I'm not, I don't say what I say about Jim Harbaugh. Cause I, cause I don't like Michigan. It's the freaking exact opposite. Like, I, like you yeah. just said, we've been starved the O for the world against Ohio state, the no big 10 titles since I was a freaking middle schooler. That's a, like, I'm over that dude. I'm over Can- it. Can we uh, on this topic? Like, Shit, and, no, that's and, wrong. I was out of high school the last time it happened. God, we're we're old, man. <laughs> we are old, and Damn. I don't want to rag on the kid because I know he's only in high school. But you know, I I saw C.J. Stokes on on Twitter, who is a Michigan yeah, running back I mean, recruit. Who said, the, let, me, let me let me pile into there real quick. Go ahead, amazing kid. I went Great down kid. to South Carolina to see my buddy, and on the way back, I stopped and saw C.J. and did some in person stuff with him. Talked to his coach. Awesome kid. But to your point, continue. But so. CJ puts out a tweet after Michigan beats Penn state and says, you know, if you doubted us, then, you know, don't, what is it? Don't, you can't be a fan now. Yeah. yeah, Basically don't be a fan. If you doubted Michigan before the Penn state game. And I, I see that a lot on social media and I just like, I know he's a young kid. I know he, you know, he met well, but this fan base has gone through a lot of heartbreak. Like CJ Stokes wasn't even born when most of these fans were like getting their heart ripped into on Saturday. So, you know, I, I think this fan base gets a bad rap, man. These people are starved. They're hungry. They just want a taste of what they've seen all their rivals get. They just want a little piece of it too. And I think once you give them a little slice of pie, things will, things will get better around here, but damn man, like, you can't don't give the fans such a hard time. This this has been a difficult stretch for this football no. program, and it looks like we might be reaching uh, some light at the end of the tunnel here. Maybe, maybe we maybe. shall. See. All right, my last one, and I think it's a I think it's a really good question, and I find myself even kind of debating with my own self in my head. Was that win over Penn State Jim Harbaugh's biggest win as Michigan's head coach? It seems weird to say. Because Penn State's not amazing this year, and they were the underdog, and they weren't ranked. But but here's what here's what I'll say. I don't know if it's the biggest win, but here's why it might be the biggest win. Because of what you said earlier about how how impactful Eric All's catch and touchdown was, it may have saved Jim Harbaugh's job. It may look at go back and look at that 2016 game against Ohio State. That that spot and that play almost acted as like a fork in the road for the trajectory of the program. One play can really make a difference. So if the difference between a win and a dub there was Eric All getting in the end zone, I don't know. Ask yourself that question. To me, it's like, to, I, I think if he had lost that game, the pitchforks would be out. Mm. It would be all we're talking about. Ohio <laughs> State then becomes like, you know, you're, you're going to start to look at you know, the, of course, they're not going to win against Ohio State. I go back to 
this was the type of game that Michigan would lose. And we saw them lose it in Michigan at, in East Lansing, Yeah, but they didn't lose it in happy Valley. And it was a tough environment. Give them all the credit in the world. Was it his biggest win ever? I don't know. One of one of for sure. There so hasn't would, been there hasn't been a lot of huge wins. Well, that's what I was gonna say. I, I would kind of answer it with a bit of a caveat. It's uh, was it a was it was it the uh, was it the best team they've ever beat? Probably not. I don't I don't even know if that's in the discussion. Was it was it maybe the most important, most influential? Or to your point, like when you look back on it in a year or two or three, I mean, dude, people, people, dude, some Michigan fans still have JT was short in their freaking Twitter bios. Yes. Five years ago, man. And now instead of it being like, I don't even know what you, there's not really like an iconic play in this game, but like, I don't know. Yes. To your point. That play may may swing things for years to come. Maybe, maybe. There's a lot of football left this year still, but sure. I'm, but it, it's it's on the way. But we know what happens when you don't make those plays. What can happen to a program? Yeah. right. So, we'll we'll. I guess the answer to that question is we'll find out. We'll find my, out how big that was. My my other approach to answering that question is like, what is this biggest win then? Like, what what is it? Uh. Florida, maybe in the in the like a, the Citrus Bowl, like a, a a cool bowl win, I guess. I don't know. Let we'll ask. I, the I don't know. It's what you it's what you just said. There, he doesn't have a lot. He doesn't have a lot of big wins. That's yeah. that's been one of the sticking points, man. I mean, like I said, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to I'm not trying to dig up turds here, but like it is what it is, man. Like what. If you named like Jim Harbaugh's five biggest wins, they're just kind of like random this regular season wins against decent teams. That's pretty much it. That's all he's got. Uh, if that's the question, last Saturday's on that list. The top it, five. I think, yeah, I think so. Even though, you know, it wasn't like a top five matchup where Michigan was underdog or something, but it's massively important for what they're doing now and what it could mean for the outcome of the whole season. So yep. it's it's in that mix. I don't know. We'll We'll see how things play out, but yeah, it's. I think that's an interesting question. Whew. Wow, oh, we are we are dangerously close to two hour show here. We're burning the midnight oil right now. My goodness, have I'm Eric gonna... all on. We get burning questions in. We talk about you out getting hammered and all your shenanigans. Toilets. My goodness, Ruben show. sandwiches, shoulder sandwiches. Shoulder sandwiches. We did it all tonight. I think we stinky, lost stinky SUVs. We lost Nick and Nick. They bailed. We did. Yeah, they couldn't have it anymore. They, they shout out to anybody who stuck around for this entire show, thing, man. Dude, unreal. There, there were some people commenting the whole time. You guys are good. This whole show, we've been like up in the uh, up in some high numbers for where we normally are. I'm telling you, dude, these guys are unreal. It's awesome. They're unreal. We love it. We love you guys, man. This is. It's fun, dude. I mean, like we just killed two hours talking shit about football, which we just love it. like 12 hours in a car over the weekend. <laughs> I mean, like it just, it just never goes away. It never goes wow. away. Um, real quick, Armand, uh, that Jordan Lewis interception was at home. That was a big one. That's on the list. That was like a yeah. top. I don't know. I think maybe top 10. I don't know. I think Wisconsin was like maybe 12th or something. I don't know. Whatever. It was a big game. I think both teams were undefeated or close to it. Uh, Jordan Lewis's pick at the end of the game was at the big house, not at uh, not at Camp Randall. But anyway, yeah, because they hadn't won at Camp Randall in like 20 years. And that was just a hand. That was what, 2017? 
something. Yes. Like yeah. Anyway. Um, good show, Chris. Feeling good about it? Feeling great about it, man. I, the, the activity, I, you know, I hate it guys. We try, I promise Brandon tries to get to every single comment and question on the side. Yeah. It's just that you guys are fast and furious with it. And we'll, you know, we try to get to as much of them. Don't think that we're ignoring you. We, we love the involvement. We love that you're asking. You can see on the Facebook page when we get done, by the time we hit stop on the broadcast, we have 500 comments. And then yeah. there's also some coming in from, uh, from YouTube. So it's, <laughs> it's a lot. It, it just keeps scrolling on the side of my screen. It just keeps moving. And I try to go back and find them and then they disappear and then they reload and, Yes, I we're not ignoring you. I promise. Like if there's something that pops up and it catches my eye, I kind of mark it. We throw it up there. Some of the stuff I probably don't even see. But we we love the uh, we love the interaction. We love the uh, the commitment for some of you guys, man. Really appreciate that. And uh, well, yeah, we'll be back at it on Wednesday. We I mean we pretty much kept our schedule since we we're on, we're coming up on freaking hour and forty five minutes, man. Yeah, longest show to date. Yeah, well when you wow. Give us an old, give us a, let's get a clap for that. You got you hit the button, hit the button. Let's get an applause. Longest show ever. It is the longest show Thank ever. I mean, when, when the team that. is, we need that. when your team is, uh, <laughs> when your team's nine and one and maybe getting ready to play for a playoff, playoff spot or a big 10 title, you got a little, you got a little juice, man. Yeah, man. That was awesome. Good show. How about no field goals for Jake Moody? We'll dive into that Wednesday. How about that? We'll be back on Wednesday night, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking it out with a long time. That's a long long time. I don't even know if I, I I mean, like, I don't even want to hear me and Chris talk for an hour and 45 minutes. So we really appreciate that from you guys, man. We'll be back on Wednesday night. Take care.